the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Trace Hazlett is with us, and Dr. Calvin Finch. That's kind of going counterclockwise around your radio. So uh, you want to go ahead and come on out here to Millburgers to get your gardening questions answered at 1604 on Boulevard Road, or call us. It's as easy as picking up the phone and calling us at 210-308-8867, 210 210- 308-8867, the number to call. Did you get some rain? I noticed those puddles in the uh, the driveway out there. Are those just uh, those the, the Circle K people the, those, watering too much? Those were random happenings. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, <laughs> it was pretty... Uh, well, I don't live very far from here, so right, it so was uh, an interesting... I said, told my wife, I said, I see lightning. Mm-hmm. I hear thunder. <laughs> So we had to go watch to make sure our 12-foot skeleton did not... Uh, well, that's right. You just put that ...break up. off at the knees. So I did a pretty good job of stabilizing him. Okay. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy said that uh, uh, he was around Fredericksburg, uh, the town, <laughs> and uh, said they had some 60-mile-an-hour winds up there and rain and knocked out the electricity. So he had to cut his show short up there, and uh, that had quite a bit of wind. Now, I heard the lightning and the thunder, <laughs> Yeah, I, but I didn't, didn't get a drop of rain. I took the dog out about 9, the last walk of the night, and, Uh-oh. and I could see the lightning coming from the north, and, yeah. uh, and then maybe That's, about 10 or 10.30, yeah. could hear it, like you said, and then all of a sudden, it was this unfamiliar sound. Yeah, it's like what? What is that? So apparently, the uh, thunder and stuff was enough to set off all the things in the yard that are like motion sensitive. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So uh, we just kept hearing howling and stuff as the uh, night progressed. <laughs> That's great. Actually, I like that. That's kind of fun. So uh, we apparently got your 100% chance of rain. Not there a lot. you go. I think I got about a half inch. If we want to get some rain reports, to Half know. inch? Wow, uh, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Most, most places. I, my truck trace. was clean this morning. So hey, how about that? probably got more than a half. Oh, good. Did you leave your windows down? Oh, you, didn't, you said you didn't get any rain. I left the back door open. Oh. Dogs. You didn't get any rain, huh? No. In case dogs, skunks, raccoons, everybody. <laughs> it's like a Noah's Ark at your house. There you go. 210-308-8867. Yeah, call us with a rain report um, and uh, tell us how much you got. But it was uh, it was nice to kind of 
sit and just listen to the rain hit the hit the roof and hit the ground and for a I little. enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. So uh, let's see. It gives you hope. It does give you hope. Unless you uh, were in an area where the trees were getting blown over. <laughs> that way, Calvin, which has been ha- happening a lot this summer. Yeah. Calvin can find the cloud in every silver lining. Uh, <laughs> well, he, yeah, I'm right there, too, because uh, this was a mess when we got here. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's a pretty heavy, high rolling wind. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how much they were. I don't know where to look. Uh, well, it was enough to make my neighbor's 50-foot pecan tree sway 10 feet each direction. Eek! Okay, that'll scare you. I was just waiting for it to snap. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go look. In the, and we had a loose chicken in the neighborhood, too. I don't know the color, Calvin. Laura spotted it. Tried to find, Maybe it was tried migrating to, in the high winds. Maybe so. Maybe it got blown into the neighborhood. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but uh, as long as he doesn't end up at KFC. <laughs> oh, that's, that would be bad for him. That would be very bad for him. Trace, uh, as I was walking, we, as Kevin and I were walking in, I discovered that I think Kevin is needing some serious therapy. Cause he had, just discovered that. <laughs> Where have you have you been paying attention? <laughs> well, he got disturbed he, because I just went over to the zinnias. And, uh, yeah, and touched made the zinnias. Yeah, and I was you just, were petting the zinnias. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's renewed, exactly. Who's your renewed nurse? my yeah. faith and is that normal <laughs> for him? It is. Uh, <laughs> who's a good senior? Yes, you are. Yes, you are a good senior. Uh-oh. <laughs> but anyway, you got some pretty ones out there, plants, and uh, just coming into bloom. And as I was walking in, I forgot to mention yesterday, uh, the first signs of fall have really arrived here at uh, Millburg because they've got mums, chrysanthemums. And uh, they're just they got got them in all different sorts of uh, uh, sorts of uh, uh, maturity. Yeah, readiness to bloom. Some, yeah, some of, uh, some of them are breaking the pop, uh, pot it, popping the blooms, and uh, some of them are still bud tight, uh, which you'd want to get uh, if you uh, <laughs> if you you know uh, want them to last throughout a longer period in the fall. But uh, we, I don't know if y'all remember, but last last year we were we were wondering. A thought occurred to us: said, "What? How do you tell what color they are if they're in solid buds?" Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> well. I thought it was a simple answer. The label says what. Oh, okay. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we went out and looked, and even though most of the buds are tight, there's usually some right in the middle that have a petal sticking out that shows you the color. So anyway, that solved that problem. But I'm, I'm concerned about Calvin planting... Seniors at this time of the year. Well, you get because three three months at least of yeah yeah but wonderful blooms. That's the problem. Because I'm reading a fall uh, article in uh, yesterday's paper. 
fall flowers for migrating monarchs. It says, uh, nectar-rich fall-blooming plants are the most important gift we can offer these voyagers on their journey. Waking up to cool the temperatures is a refreshing reminder that fall is finally here. That means that uh, Monarch will be arriving uh, as part of their fall migration to the uh, to Mexico. Uh, but then he goes along talking and says, Monarchs were recently endangered and listed as an endangered species. So selecting plants that support this species is more important than ever. Milkweed is a necessary host plant for monarch caterpillars, but tropical milkweed may be problematic unless it is trimmed back at the end of the season to keep monarchs from continuing their migration. Why is it different with uh, with um, uh, tropical milkweed and not different from zinnias and all the blooming plants that we plant for the fall? Well, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Zinnias do the, Yeah, he's <laughs> the. the uh, I'm shocked you didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> monarchs do not lay their eggs on zinnia oh. plants. Aha! Uh-huh, I thought you might say that. However, monarch butterflies aren't typically laying eggs in the fall. They aren't typically, but they some, they sometimes do. In fact, we had one listener yesterday brought in a photo of yeah Mary. Mary had the yeah the fo- photo of the caterpillar, uh, monarch caterpillar on her um, plants. I don't remember what the which oh it was a. It was a uh, tropical milkweed. Yeah, stupid things. Maybe. Well, the, one of one of the issues there, <clears throat> of course, is that the native milkweeds have a tendency to quit blooming mm-hmm. at the right time in the fall. Oh, okay. Now, but you could go. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of complications there that you can question. Well, so. <laughs> If you do this with a harm benefit or a benefit harm or whatever it's called analysis, does the benefit of having the tropical milkweed outweigh the harms caused by the few that might stay behind? Good point, Milton. Well, if if you look at the the value of the tropical milkweed in the spring for the spring mig- migration, mm-hmm. it certainly would be. Uh, pretty valuable. Um, I uh, I think it probably does, especially if you're careful about uh, how long you let the the blooms. And there's, there's still there's still a a question. You you know we we've got the uh, another pl- of our favorite uh, pollinators, the hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. We have the hummingbirds. Uh, the researchers indicate the hum- the hummingbirds do not. Even though we put sugar water feeders mm-hmm. out, they do not are not affected. They don't stay in an area b- 
because of the humming, because of the availability of of of, 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 of sugar water. Then, then used to we uh, would say that you'd need to take your feeders down. Yeah, and that didn't do that it. didn't work. Uh, but of course, uh, and I don't think this is going to work out either. Yeah, you you the argument here is though that we're we're talking about uh, a a limited ne- nesting site, egg-laying site versus a nectar source. Mm-hmm. A nectar source, they're always they always need nectar sources, and they love the they love oh, okay. that. Oh, uh, well, the milkweed as a nectar source too, but. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a complicated issue. And then, well, and you you just want to be remi- reminded, Milton, why you don't necessarily want your adults laying eggs in late in the year heading to Mexico because they they die. The young ones have to mature before they can then to make it to the wintering ground. Yeah, so that's why. But but uh, you know we've talked about this before. I'm amazed that they haven't come up with uh, uh, any kind of definitive uh, conclusions on that uh, mm-hmm. affecting the monarchs. I think part of it is that there's so many other factors involved there that mm. that you uh, be easy to overestimate that what impact that those. Native milkweed or those tropical tropicals have, and then there's another one that's I, I find kind of interesting. Well, what a cor- what milkweed is down there on the wintering ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're worried about the microbe situation, <laughs> which is not well, another I'll go issue, see if you mention well, the microbes. Um, I love to talk about the microbes. So, I know you do. So the native the native milkweed in the wintering ground area, as far as I know, is the uh, Mexican or the tropical milkweed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so is it? It's a problem here, but not a problem there. Mm. <laughs> I th- I think this is one of those things. Like I talk about with uh, native plants, the first liar is gospel. So this this got I don't know where this got started. Be interesting to search the literature and see where this got started. But I bet you, if you trace it back to the origin, everybody's uh, that don't know any better are still are still uh, saying that uh, that the monarchs are just passing through. Uh, nectar-rich fall-blooming plants are the most important gift we can offer them on their journey. So I would, even even though y'all uh, it was talked about to cut the blooms off. Yeah, um, we had tropical milkweed. We had different dates. No, we weren't. Fall. We weren't talking about cutting the blooms off. Or, well, if you can cut the foliage off without cutting the blooms off. Foliage is the key. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you you, you don't want them laying you don't want them laying eggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so then you would just cut the whole plant down. Or? No. Yeah. Well, the, the, the debate there was a debate. I, what did I, I recommended November first? I think Mark Peterson recommended October first. Yeah. 
So there was that that debate. When do you cut back the um, you just tropical? You just strip the leaves, right? You could, yeah. Now, that's be, a pain in the lo- that's kind that'd of that'd be a, lovely, Milton. <laughs> With a little blue, orange bloom over the top. It's not about you. It's about the monarchs. Come on. Oh, okay. You know, you want the monarchs to be okay. <laughs> I, I would bet right now that uh, this will all be poo-pooed in the future if mm. they keep doing the research. And uh, just like the hummingbird thing was oh. poo-pooed. Was... Well, well, did he? Do I remember him saying that too about the? Uh, um, yeah, the weather. <laughs> the weather changes the. Uh, you might have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He, but anyway, he he, he something the world under to okay. to uh, a lot of folks. Jerry quite often is one of them. Uh, the world never changes, or or if it. If it does, he's suspicious of whether it, hmm. which is not unreasonable, I guess. <laughs> All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. I still can't find out. Climate control. No. <laughs> climate uh, change. Climate change, yeah. yeah. Climate control would be different. That'd be like yeah. science fiction, and or maybe it isn't. Maybe the climate is being controlled by somebody. Hey, conspiracy, yeah. All right. But anyway, they've got a lot of pollinators available on sale. Yeah. We mentioned the zinnias. And didn't Trey said he was going to try to get some some of those taller-growing zinnias in? Oh, no, he was going to get some rocket snapdragons. Oh, snapdragon, that's right, that's right. That's one of my... And it's old. They how long ago was that when <laughs> rocket? Thirty years. Well, they've been they've been here all along, but <laughs> but back in thirty years ago, they were pretty dominant. Yeah, wonderful color. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. the cut flowers. And yeah, it was always the wind was always blowing them over. Yeah, and, yeah. And they were not orderly. It seemed like I remember my grandmother uh, tied them, staked and tied them like a tomato. Yeah, uh, so they wouldn't blow over. Yeah. Oh, the snapdragons. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of a lot of people always planted them uh, with the f- fence as the background. Too. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break. While we do, I know two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on nine thirty a.m. The answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308. I'll get you another pair if you like, or if you just enjoy the exercise. I'm just trying to find the right, the right uh, angle. Okay. 210-308-8867. So do you think, uh, oh, we need rain reports. We want to know. I got a half inch uh, near the airport. Uh, you don't know what you got, right? No, I'm be surprised. I mean, it was very pleasant. It was noisy, uh, but uh, 
I'd be surprised if it's half an inch. And I'm hoping that what sometimes happens will happen. Doesn't it sometimes happen that you get rain and then all the humidity and all the rain is kind of, it spurs more rain on on the heels of the rain that we just got? Is that? We can always hope that. Okay. But the forecast does not call for it, by the way. Okay. I thought it was 2020, 2020. Not anymore. What? Nope. You promised me, Milton. I saw something for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, so I have Wednesday 20, nothing tomorrow, nothing t- Tuesday, 20% Wednesday, um, 30% Thursday. There you go. 30% Thursday night, Friday 60. 60% mm-hmm. on Friday? Uh, yeah, the, the Express News. Listen to this. High next at Saturday. Fifty percent, but high next Saturday. High uh, f- uh, is going to be ninety-one, near ninety-one. That's the high. That'll be wow. nice. Yes, I better get my sweaters out. <laughs> <laughs> sweaters. <laughs> okay. Uh, the I was just looking through the sale items this week, and it's they get. Uh, they've got uh, Milberger Winterizer Lawn Fertilizer. Yes. eighteen six twelve analysis. Uh, that's a 3-1-2. That's what used to be recommended by the uh, A&M, Texas A&M. But uh, <laughs> in the, let's see, 40-pound bag cover, 7,200 square feet. Regularly twenty nine ninety nine on sale for twenty four eighty eight. Now this let's see, this is the first time we've had the winterizer lawn fertilizer on sale. We've been you having uh nineteen five nine slow release. We still have it. Uh this is the second week of that sale. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so unlike the rest of the world, fertilizer yeah. prices have come down. Oh really? really? Great. So if you recall last year at this time, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was uh, forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I was, oh, I was wondering. Lord. It looked like it was a different price. I didn't know if that was you got, you did your normal wheeling and dealing to get customers a great deal, or <laughs> if they were just coming down now. Uh, it's it's the ingredients and the freight have all started to uh, okay. come down. That's encouraging. Yeah, the slow release is coming down too. Nineteen five nine. I I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Well, but that when you compare the those two, the two prices in terms of uh, the nitrogen. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're really a, a good bargain on the uh, winterizer. Yeah, the neat thing about the winterizer, uh, the lawn fertilizer, it's an immediate release, which makes it great for vegetables, vegetables and and flowers too. It does have a vegetable label on it. Oh, good. good. And a tree and a shrub. Okay. I would have used it anyway, Mel. Uh, Trace. Right. I, I know that. I do know. <laughs> That's not a quote, quote from anybody other than Jerry. Plants can't read. Dr. Parsons' so, opinions are purely his own. They do not reflect those of the station, no burgers, or anybody else that we know right there at stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Plants don't read? Plants can't read. All they care about is nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, and some minor elements. Okay. So it doesn't matter what the bag says. You mean I have to get, I don't have to get some specially for my spinach? 
You could. <laughs> Good. Uh, and that one would be certainly fine for it. Yeah. Well, at uh, 18% nitrogen is what spinach uh, really needs. They, they're, 80, they're 3 one, two ratio was done by research by uh, Texas A&M, what, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? But, uh, and, uh, and they did testing, and they said the 312 and the 412, uh, now that, that confused a lot of people because they were looking for that on the bag. And so that's when we started promoting the name Winterizer. And some people said, well, <laughs> that that's dumb to say it's a winterizer fertilizer. Well, we were trying to get people to know the right analysis to use in at the in the fall for the for the and they <laughs> as I remember the research, I can't believe I don't have that on plant answer. But uh, as I remember the research, uh, they they uh, they had a dome uh, covered with dirt at uh, our soil at A uh, and M, and they planted turf grass over the top of the dome so they could watch the root system, hmm. and uh, they they were amazed because the root system kind of disappears in the winter, uh, St. Augustine especially. Huh. But uh, so they formulated this idea to put a winterizer on in the fall so your grass has roots to uptake uh, and make the plant itself stronger rather than... Uh, Making the roots stronger, I guess. So it kind of yeah, we talked backwards. About, we talked about it uh, that activity in the fall on the on the lawn grass. Yeah, it's or, organizing those nutrients in a manner that made them useful for even in the spring. Yeah, right. They're ready for action in the in the spring. So it was so, a pretty logical. Out of all that, Milton, you know where my mind went. Hmm. Which Aggie did they make go under the dome and stay there? For this <laughs> and stare at the roots? I bet they had obscene pictures under there. And the, that, that doctor just wanted to leave. Uh, so, uh, the roots are gone. I don't uh, see them anymore. I'm going to go yeah. home. <laughs> Have you been getting, getting some bad liquor or what's the deal down there? <laughs> but, yeah, that, it, I, tell, I think it took them a couple of years to believe that. Hmm. But uh, we never thought about the roots going away. I always thought they were go- growing in in mm-hmm. the winter. We we say that with ornamental trees and shrubs and things. But uh, anyway, that's what they formulated. Maybe we need to put an aggie underneath some trees and shrubs too. Yeah. Do what? Trees and shrubs. Yeah. See what their roots do. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was hard to build a dome under a tree or something, you know. A and M could do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that uh, that was the big deal 
I see. I see. In Winterizer, uh, on in the ad, it said contains iron, sulfur, and zinc. So that's good. But uh, one of the few sources of zinc for your uh, yeah pecans. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, the, they found out. They found out it was pecan. Doctor Story, Ben Story. Uh, that uh, when they added zinc to pecans, uh, which are re- is recommended uh, for younger trees, especially, and and to to revitalize old trees, uh, that it worked a lot better, was uptaken a lot better, if it had a nitrogen source with it. Okay. So that's a good idea to add zinc in there too. I thought you sprayed. You can spray it on too. Yeah, you're right, Mel. That's the most effective, efficient. But if you've got this limited sources, this is one that's available. Okay. Well, even though they uh, sprayed it on, Milton. Yeah, that's what I thought. They put nitrogen in there. Oh, okay. Uh, It used to be a product. uh, We I think we used to sell it. NZN. That's an A and M Ben story. Used to, but we yeah. do, we do uh, carry zinc sulfate in a uh, sprayable form. It's a yeah, powder, it's a powder that's got to mix with warm water. Yeah, does it stay? It's a powder that you mix in water. Warm water. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, it might sometimes they have that trouble with that staying in solution. Hmm. Well, we don't want to make it too complex, but the. If the, the the price of that winterizer makes that the the best bargain around for getting the the nitrogen you need for your yeah for your uh, winter vegetables yeah and all those other things that are, are with it and the timing uh, almost every one of them will utilize all that uh, you know f- four months mm-hmm. the four months or five months that that nitrogen is available. And do you water it in? You 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 can. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean that's probably that's best. I mean if it's a, you throw it on the desert, it doesn't usually. <laughs> but um, the uh, uh, the people say, well, I've never heard of a plant uh, taking up fertilizer in the, in the winter or using fertilizer in the winter. All of the are uh, uh, the majority of crop farmers in Tennessee and the southeast put down their fertilizer in the fall because a lot of times in the spring they can't get into the field mm. and so they put the fertilizer down uh they they stand the chance of a little bit of a leaching out but uh or washing out of the soil, but uh, that's pretty common in uh, 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 cover crops, uh, uh, field crops. But anyway, I see we got whiskey barrels on sale. Mm-hmm. Regularly sixty nine ninety nine on sale for forty eight eighty eight. <laughs> and you were talking about the stepping stones too. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to say any more about the whiskey barrels? No. Okay. You still got stepping stones? 
Trace? We do. Yeah. <laughs> I told Jerry, ours are still working, you know. They're... Calvin mentioned, bet you hadn't had to water them much, and I haven't really. Uh, and they're still looking good. They well, don't, they don't go bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever thought about using stepping stone and don't know where to put them, mm-hmm. with all the grass thinning out at this time from from the drought and everything, um, this is a good time to start laying or sort of put it, put in a bunch of stepping stone, or even if it's uh, your future. Uh, future plan to get, right, that, yeah. get that path in there. Um, take advantage of the the sale that it's on right now, so you'll have them when you're ready. Yeah, um, they're regularly two two ninety nine. It's right at three dollars. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is, I could buy a hundred of them and stack them in the corner and wait till I need them. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah, that's right. If it's a it's the kind of material you want. And it's uh, convenient, and uh, the price is right. Yeah, you may as well do it. Also, let's gives you a, I want to say a feeling of power, but a, you're you're ready for action when you you got all these uh, factors that will um, determine when you can do it and how fast and whether you have any help. If you got the, the neat thing about the stepping stones. stepping stones is they don't they don't. They don't wear out, or they don't yeah. <laughs> go to bloom or anything. So they're on sale for a dollar eighty-eight, ten for fifteen dollars. I think they really add something to the landscape oh, too. Yeah. And if if you got kids, um, you know, your kids love to play play Plants. on them, and yeah. uh, keep, and it's a mud off attractive shoes. and. What's that? Wheelchairs that works. Yeah. Keeps the mud off my shoes, which keeps my wife off my back. Uh-oh. There you go. That's a slogan? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've heard other people talk about building, using them for um, where there's no grass because there's mud. Yeah. Or where they have the trash things that you take, the little plastic, they'll use them. I did that. Did you do that too? I did that too. Okay. And do you put sand or uh, stones in between them or you just put them side by side? So I have 24-inch ones. Okay. So one can on top of each one, and they're side by side. Oh, okay. Well, you know, right now, if uh, and I'll bet a lot of people are the same as me. My my dogs, I I uh, <laughs> think of them as being pretty aggressive and uh, uh, not blocked by many things, but they don't like walking on the blocks, beggars li- lice, beggars oh, lice, and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. And uh, the sh- the sharp any kind of stickers or stems <laughs> or anything. So the, that that having a path like that, what you do is you get you get the walking done on the on the path where you want it. There you go. And the the pets don't ha- don't have as much problem with their their feet. And yeah, uh, yeah. You can just let the grass burrs go. Like if you live in Wilson County, you know that's let's, the, let's not go that far. <laughs> huh? Let's not go that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I, I don't not, think I Wilson don't, County's too far. I don't think thicker birds being accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bur, the bur issue. I don't think grass birds will penetrate a concrete block, will it? Or I don't know. You don't step want, in stone. You don't want to find out. Don't want to find out. Uh, hey, go, let's take a goat quick head break. might make, make a dent in one anyway. <laughs> let's take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. 
with Dr. Calvin Finch, Trace Hazlett, Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. Give us a call, 210-308-8867 on 930 a.m. You ask me what I like about Texas. I tell you it's a wide open space. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer reminding you a Spider-Man termite and pest control is only a phone call away. Uh, especially if those mosquitoes start kicking in after this rain, you need to know that Spider-Man can help you out. 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721. And really, these guys, uh, Warren uh, is a friend of the show, and we love talking to him. I hope he calls in. He had some questions he was going to ask us, so I'm hoping he calls in. But he gets busy on the weekends, too. Um but uh, they've been doing this since 1976. Great uh, clients, and uh, their clients love them is what I'm trying to say. And um, they, uh, you can read more about them when you go to uh, GoSpiderManPest.com and see all the good reviews. So whatever's bugging you uh, or whatever's uh, crawling, crawling up your hide. I don't know. That didn't make sense. But, yes, from rats to roaches, I'll just do it that way. Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control is the place to go to. You'll love working with them. 210-656-3721 or GoSpiderManPest.com. GoSpiderManPest.com. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Have you seen that sign over there uh, getting on uh, 1604 from, uh, from uh, Boverde? Mm-mm. It says they got a picture of a beautiful roach on there. Oh, and they said everybody is calm until the roach f- takes flight. Yeah, everybody's brave. I told, I think they're beautiful in flight. Don't you? I think you're you're kind of alone in that. Well, I mean, they they have a beautiful flight pattern. Oh, it's like, like, a, like an eagle soaring. Especially when they run right into you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a problem. So Spider-Man can help you with that, by the way. All right, but I know Jerry, not at Jerry's house. He just sits on the couches and watches them circle in the, the, flower circle in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful when they do this, when they're migrating. Oh, uh, is that right? You have migrating roaches? <laughs> wow. All right, 210-308-8867. There are certain crumbs I can't drop on the floor. Mm. That would keep them from migrating. The roaches. And, okay, I'm, I'm kind of following you. Okay, you're the only one, Millie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, looking at some things to do at this time of the year. Uh, it says, uh, do you want to prune uh, flower stalks and brown foliage from perennials? And uh, a lot of people have just let them dry down and everything. So, but uh, do not trim off any green leaves for something like iris. Then you say you are trying to expand your iris. I planting. am. I'm having. I'm having good luck. I mean, I'm making making progress. <laughs> uh, I've got. I'm putting the uh, 
mo- a lot of the iris that some of the master gardeners have given yeah, me. Yeah, great. I'm putting them all. To- I had put them in all these separate beds everywhere, mm-hmm. so I'm combining them in a one large bed. Wow. And then, then I'm going to try to make a a bed that only has cemetery iris out in the front in the deer territory there. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> had some uh, some uh, um, men's garden club uh, members that are are helping me come up with the uh, number of cemetery iris. Oh, great! Those, those, those are valuable. Uh, so, and uh, I told you about the lady that Forrest Appleton showed me in Hollywood Park that had huge beds of uh, cemetery iris. And I talked, spoke to her at a, a long, long time, and uh, she was talking about the deer. Uh, she said the deer won't hardly eat them in, in the front yard, but when they plant, when she plant, they eat around the outside. The, the uh, are probably way further away from the road. Yeah. But he said when they plant a new bed. They say <laughs> that uh, they'll eat them, and, and they, uh, I, I think I think Kevin mentioned that in his in his tips. Uh, said uh, explain. Uh, let's see. Uh, talked about uh, Irish responds well to being thinned out and replanted in full sun now. Well, the neat thing about ours is they're kind of right on top of the soil, aren't they? You don't have That's to right. They're dig relatively them. easy to replant. Yeah, you don't have to dig well, them Well, in out. fact, if you don't, if you plant them too deep, they don't survive. Yeah, they don't uh, yeah. won't bloom either. So you want the uh, you want the top of the rhizome to be even with the soil soil yeah. level, and so you don't have to dig really deep holes. They're not too fussy on soil. They don't yeah. they don't like soil that's Soggy, they won't put up with soggy. Well, they're going to have to look for soggy soil this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, dreaming, they don't even know what soggy. None of us yeah, know what soggy is. We don't know soil. what soggy is. They're ge- generally not eaten by deer, but to discourage their early interest spray with newly planted rhizomes with liquid fence are. Hell yes, I want a garden. I think it's called I Must Garden. I Must Garden, okay. Does that sound right, Trace? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got both here at the Mailburgers, right, Trace? Uh, yes, we do. Both products? Yeah. Uh, and others. <laughs> but uh, I Must Garden. I never forget that name. No, well, I just, always just, forget that uh, name. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. For, year, for years and years, I uh, always said that the... Um, Iris, the deer did not eat them, and I had beds everywhere. And then I was trying to figure out, was it a drought or one of those freezes or mm-hmm. what it was where they, where one of my beds, they, 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 they just, first they were pulling them all out, and, yeah. then, and then they... It, it was, just started think, all at once, huh? Yeah, it was kind of a, I, th- I think it had to do with the drought. But it's always a good, um, you know, you know this will be a bit, news for that. Yeah, this will yeah. be a test for uh, uh, the landscapes in my area to see if, if the deer are still eating them. 
And uh, it's always a good idea to spray one of those uh, barriers on there. For, oh, yeah. For curiosity, bro. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're there. <laughs> they just seem to... I, I, I can imagine them. I, I see these uh, uh, cartoons where, <laughs> where you're... You're going down your row planting, yeah. and the deer is right behind you, tossing them out like this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting experiment. Uh, ho- hopefully, the, they still are not eaten by deer, and maybe they they aren't in situations where there's anything else to yeah. to eat. So we'll have to we'll have to explore that. I, ne- I never will forget Calvin put that in his article that uh, deer wouldn't eat ours. Well, who and got we, angry? We had, we had the Rosarians in in the, the uh, and uh, a little tough lady walked up, <laughs> and she says, "Where is that Calvin Finch?" I said, "What you need?" She said, "He said in the paper that the deer won't eat ours. They sure as hell eat mine." Hmm. I said, okay, Calvin's right out there. Yeah, there. let me walk you over to him. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, what won't the deer eat? Ask her that. And I think, I can't remember what she said. She gave a good answer, but they were maybe proud of Barbados or something like that. But uh, she said they definitely ate her eyes. Hmm. I think... Uh, I think Calvin saw her coming and ran out the other side of the nursery. Could have been hiding around the corner of the, <laughs> the porch. Well, she was one of those tough people. Good gardener, though. Oh, gardener. yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, where was that? Oh, yeah. And that's before we had I Must Garden. Mm-hmm. And they, that's good for rabbits. They've got some for rabbits. And cats and dogs and what else did they have? Of course, deer and rabbits. But uh, they've got a lot of different, different type, different uh, ingredients. I, li- I like their product a little better than some of the urines, because I ca- I keep thinking of them collecting the coyote urine and bobcat urine and. Well, that's got to be a painful, risky job. Somebody's got to do it, though. Collect that urine. You must garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you must collect the urine. Mm. That's 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 a good one too. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, uh, also Calvin mentioned in his this week in the garden yesterday um, that. Uh, it's time to start thinking about uh, wildflower seed. And I'm wanting to call John Thomas and and get his, find out from him what is the best uh, mix, wildflower mix to plant at this time of the year with these conditions uh, to have wildflowers. Whatever the mix that, J- that Milton and I had, it was Certainly a good yeah, man, did it work? Yeah, man, yeah. we need a needed a sharp yeah, uh, work too tool well. to <laughs> keep it under control. But the blooms are beautiful. That was a firecracker mix. Mm, that's uh, a good one. That's one of my favorites. 
Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so you would hope to catch early fall rains in the next few weeks to get them off to a good start. By scarified blue bonnet seeds treated with acid to soften the ro- seed coats. Actually, it doesn't soften the seed coats. It blasts holes in the seed coat. Uh, we, we always thought that they just softened it. So like you soak it in there. It concentrated sulfuric acid. We figured that would do the job. But that seed coat is so tough, but there's weak spots in the in the seed coat uh, that you can open up with that sulfuric acid after a couple of hours, a couple of uh, hours of soaking, and uh, that gives a, a reliable germination. And do not plant where you have turf grass growing. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> I don't think it'll be a problem for a lot of people. <laughs> but I want to ask John about, uh, do we just throw them on top of the ground? You know, I don't think the birds will get them. But uh, the birds... Uh, I thought that was John's thing, is you sprinkle them like you're feeding chickens. Yeah, I guess so. The uh, <laughs> the, bir- the birds uh, do pick up seeds, but it's never the big problem that uh, people worry about. No, oh, yeah. if, if it was, we wouldn't have any weed seeds out there. <laughs> weeds out there growing. Well, the pro- the problem with let's say blue bonnet seed is they're so tough a bird can't. Break them open, oh, okay. crack them. So they put them in their, let's see, uh, gizzards. Swallow seed. Put it in there. Gizzards. Yeah, yeah, in the gizzard. So when you when you, oh, uh, break open or uh, when you're cleaning a dove or something like a dove, break open their gizzard, the gizzard. Mm-hmm. Break open the gizzard, you'll see what they've been eating, because they don't digest it all the time. Mm. They store it in their gizzard, and uh, that's that crunchy stuff you feel when you eat. You like gizzards, Mel? Fried mm, gizzards? I don't know that I've had gizzards. What? Son. Where do you get gizzards? Uh, Chicken. Huh? No, no, where do you get them? You just go into uh, Bill Miller's and order some gizzards? No. <laughs> but I think they have them at most uh, supermarkets. Okay. All right, well, we'll be back in a moment. 210 308 If you've got any favorite gizzard place, call in. Yeah, call us up with your favorite gizzard place. 210 308 8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. On 9.30 a.m., this is The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Our phone number as we broadcast live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road, to call in with your gardening question is 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. And after 
Uh, last night's rain, we're looking for rain rangers to call in with their rain reports and uh, tell us how much rain you got, what part of town you were on. We Right now we just have me uh, with about a half an inch by the airport. So uh, uh, Calvin doesn't know how much you got. No, it was uh, pleasant to moist, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the soil was still it, soft when I yeah. got up, this, and the back of the pickup was still full of water. Was yours? <laughs> full of water? Yeah. I park it on a slant, so it all oh, so it doesn't okay. flow out the back. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Greg will be happy to know that uh, I think that our Sinisa, uh came through for us again in their prediction of upcoming rain. Oh. Yeah. Way to go. Well, I was excited about the. 20% you gave I me know. yesterday. That was just yesterday. I think it may have been 30% last night. Oh. So, but anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, we talked about uh, planting wildflower seeds. And uh, I think I'm going to try to get John Thomas lined up for talk to us tomorrow. Oh, good. Well, Saturday. Uh, yes, Saturday. Uh and uh, I got a, a notification that uh, the 2023 Fall Planting Days and Free Seminar Series are getting ready to happen at uh, uh, Wild Seed Farm. Let's see. When did David come in? The David's going to be here 23rd? doing a free seminar on fall vegetable gardening on the uh, 23rd. Okay. Uh in uh, September the 8th through the 10th from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, the uh, on the taste on the tasting room pa- in the tasting room patio that's a tasting room for wine. Oh, okay. He's lost his mind over wine. Uh, no reservations are necessary. Uh, on the f- the Falls Festival, uh, September 23rd, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, they're going to have, uh, beginning at 11 a.m., they're going to have music, and they're going to have face painting, pumpkin painting, <laughs> and to choose your mini pumpkin to decorate it as you please, and take it home for just $5.00. Uh, where am I looking? I'm looking for his talks. But uh, they're going to have live music. Where in the Is that a Wild Seed Farm? Yeah. Yeah, Wild Seed Farm. Uh, but John, John's giving talks. Okay. Beginning, I think it's the same time. Okay, let me look through my mouth. I got it here. Uh, Uh, October's going to be busy for Millburgers, too. It looks no, like we've yeah. got the uh, David's going to speak on the 21st, and it looks like we have the 21st of October. Just talking about October, too. And then uh, we got our blood drive coming up in October, uh-huh. too. What's October 21st? What kind of speech is he going to have? David will be speaking on, I believe, fall tree planting. Let me get that, uh, okay. let me pop that up one more time. So it's uh, September is the fall vegetables. Fall vegetable, and then October 21st, yes, fall is for planting shade trees and more. Okay, well, that'll be good. Um, and they can go to the web, the Millburgers website to get 
Millburgernursery.com. Millburgernursery.com. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see what's on sale, too, if you miss the, the commercials or the don't get the paper. You can always see what's on sale and see what's coming up, like David's uh, fall vegetable seminar on the 23rd. I think they've already got uh, most of the fall vegetables uh, available. Yeah. And for even for our friend we uh, who called yesterday, we have still have some some six packs, some super sixes. Remember? Yeah, but do you know what super sixes are? What? They're not peapods. Okay. They're <laughs> they're they're just little little smaller. They're like three inch. Yeah, this rather than the four and a half inch. Oh, but I think that's what he wanted. Yeah, he wanted something like that. Well, well yeah, no, he was talking about peat pots. He, that may be a oh. compromise that he'd be interested in. Yeah, when when the four inch, four and a half inch came out, uh, the Petersons, uh, where we would get our transplants from, uh, wasn't going to have them taking business away from. Them. But, but the reason. They came up with four and a half inch. Of course, it's easier to plant, transplant them, but it's also easier to get them in bloom. You know, oh, okay. everybody wants plants in bloom now. And, uh, <laughs> uh-oh, Calvin, look at that little girl with one of your zinnias out there. Uh-oh. <laughs> a little <All> kid. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, They're so good, even a child could recognize them. <laughs> That's right. So they came up with a four and a half inch, I mean, a super six pack, which you had to, they were connected. So you had to buy six of them. Uh, but yet they had uh, about three and a half inches of uh, potting mix in there, which would grow as well as the four and a half inch, give you the same color and things like that. So, uh, 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 Tra- Trace and Millburgers has uh, switched over almost exclusively to four and a half inch uh, because uh, they're so easy to transplant. So they give the customers uh, that luxury. You really notice that when the weather like this. Oh yeah. When it's uh, when the challenging weather, uh, you know, in the spring, if everything's perfect the way you want the weather and expect the weather uh the two inchers have always done well but the uh but when there's a little bit of a challenging uh situation getting them planted boy it really makes it nice you don't lose you don't lose uh many plants at all if you've got them in a four and a half incher yeah i'm uh, now once we get these Rains that mm-hmm. Milton's talking about. Uh, <laughs> if you get rains, uh-huh. the uh, the soil is still going to be hard. Right, going to be very difficult to dig in it, and uh, basically aerate around your uh, your plant material, uh, especially plant material that's been established for over a couple of years, and. Uh, so <laughs> we got to looking for something that uh, would make people able to dig easier in their in their soils 
estab- around established plants. And as usual, we found something that we had on plant answers. Really? Yeah. Huh. In fact, uh, Dennis, our buddy Dennis, uh, found it, sent me a copy of it, <laughs> and he says, Beck's Blaster yeah. on steroids. Mm. <laughs> Remember Jerry using Beck's Blaster to make a hole in the ground at Millburgers on, you know when that was, Bill? I'm scared to find out. 211. Wow. 2011. 2011. 12 years ago? Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah. When, when, and it shows a picture. Uh, I, that's when I had the, I had the webcam going, mm-hmm. and uh, Dennis saved some uh, pictures. Well, good from the web webcam of me standing um, out in the middle of a uh, some potted plants, and. Uh, Using uh, Beck's blaster, we called it, and it's uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's on uh, plantanswers dot com. Actually, how uh, how to make them, parts you'll need to make them, and uh, it's it's in, it's labeled drought tolerant plant establishment and deep watering during a drought. Hmm. I think this this. Classifies as we're there, and uh, so I, I, uh, Dennis found it uh, on on the internet and sent me a link to it. As I was trying to open the link, I found out that it's a Saws recommended product, Hmm. and the reason it's recommended is because. You know they they talk about not digging around where your wires and stuff oh. are not exposed. Yeah, when you use this uh, uh, basically water blaster, uh, you can blast out uh, wires and things without breaking them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that, but uh, especially is the, it saws or CPS that no saws? C- CPS is the one that. Yeah, it says not to dig. Yeah, they're promoting the eight one one. Yeah, I think uh, Saws is probably doing it on the water conservation side. Maybe so. But uh, I couldn't believe it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, putting uh, I'm putting that on plantanswers dot com uh, under the. Uh, uh, Drought tolerant plant establishment and deep rot watering during a drought. So if you want to keep your, if you want to get some water down to the subsoil uh, under your plants in this rocky soil, uh, this is a good way to do it. And uh, I, I, I forgot to look today, but uh, it should be on plantanswers.com. One of the topics of the month for uh, for this uh, plant blaster thing, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Malcolm Beck, he sure seemed yeah, to know a lot. You know, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Uh, <laughs> the more and more that we we miss him, yeah, uh, 
we find out how much he contributed. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. To stuff. But uh, he 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 was he was always after the practical. Mm-hmm. Let's say it, it shows step by step deal. Uh, and uh, I've got step by step deal of uh, shows how the Beck blaster really works digging a hole in hard gravel. Because mm-hmm. what it does, rather than a shovel. Yeah, it, it uh, shovel hits a hits a, a piece of gravel, stops it. Mm-hmm. But this just moves the gravel out of the way. Yeah, uses water and just pushes it. And you say it did well, a good job. You 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 say to yourself, well, has that been tested in this area? We have hey. one, one of the foremost experts mm-hmm. tested this. Uh, <laughs> Back in the day. Who was that? Uh, uh, you're probably familiar with him. But, uh, <laughs> but, but he doesn't have a name. He gave, he gave some hints. Who is he? Uh, I, I, rem- I don't know if he remembers this far back. But from Milton Glick. Oh. Hints from Milton. One of the foremost. Has observed an easier drilling procedure to angle the hole. Oh, Rather that's right. Rather than digging it straight down. Yeah. Do you remember that? I name? do remember that now. This also waters and aerates more the shallow roots, feeder roots. Hmm. This guy is pretty sharp. Melton also found that the water drill penetrated faster Going. if the tip was pulled backwards toward the top of the hole, often to remove any accumulated loosened diggings. Hmm. Man, that guy's sharp. Do you remember that? Kind of, yeah. I like my Beck Blaster. I think this was before Laura, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit before. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that's a hint he gave. But I think maybe not because I think we went and I used the Beck Blaster at, at, at her house to help uh, water some trees and isn't stuff. That right? Yeah. Good for you. We don't want to hear that story, Milton. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867, but I can't find my Bex Blaster. 210-308-8867. I've got one in my garage. Okay. I would offer you to come well, over and get it out, but uh, we might lose you. Yeah, in never there. find me again? We have yeah. to tie a rope to your foot to drag you out. <laughs> After a few days, of, <laughs> I would start to smell. And then... All right, uh-huh. let's take a quick break. While we do, give us a call. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Amarillo, San Antonio, any old place I call my home, I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul. Dallas, Fort Worth, San Angelo, Houston, Austin, or El Paso. I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, another great tool 
to have in your arsenal to water efficiently is the Tree Hugger Sprinkler. Uh, Millburgers has all three sizes, the 7, 11, and 15-inch sprinklers here. This is a hard plastic sprinkler, so it's uh, durable. And uh, what you do is you uh, it's got a hinge on it. looks like a big donut. And so you, t- you open it up, and you close it or hug it around the tree. Okay. And you turn it on just a little bit to water the root ball. Or you turn it on a lot to water. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jerry's tree hugger sprinkler sounds angry, doesn't it, Trey? cartoons. Yeah, it sounds like one of those old cartoons. Uh huh. Wouldn't one of them talk like that? Yeah, Donald did. Okay. Uh, but anyway. No, no, Donald. Uh, but anyway, the tree hugger spears may sound different and less angry and less like a duck. But the one thing it will do is uh, water that root ball efficiently or water the uh, the uh, drip line efficiently, too, using uh, water that you're using uh, well, so not not wasting any. You can find more about it at treehuggersprinklers.com where you can see the video on how it works. They recommend using a timer. Uh, and uh, you can get it here at Mill Burgers, or there you go, Jerry. Thank you. Or get it um, uh, at HEB. So check it out. Check it out online. I think you'll like what you see. It'll, it makes it makes sense, and uh, you'll kind of go, okay. And I use mine. Uh, in fact, uh, I was going to ask your advice on this. Now we I say we got a half an inch of rain yesterday. So should I or should I not water on my watering day? Hell yes. Okay, that's what At I thought. At least a half an inch. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. That's what I thought you said, but also... And it would be more effective to go the full, and that way it soaks in even deeper. That's right. Yep. That's what I was thinking. You know, I've told you... Because it's already wet, yeah. Yeah, I've told you about farmers. Uh, in a dry season like this, before they plant their fall vegetable seed, they'll run... Yeah. Irrigate the whole field mm-hmm. for an inch of water. Wait a week or ten days. Yeah, and then uh, what? Make a make the seed. Plant the seed, and water it up. Yep. Because we've got to remember, it's been three years, three years without water, so that subsoil is dry. Yeah. As deep as it gets. So it's not going to take a couple of rains to solve our problems for the trees and shrubs and things like that. And uh, especially the newly planted stuff. You know, we we used to promote uh, foliage for planting. Mm-hmm. And it is this year if you follow certain procedures like... Uh, Making sure that uh, that root ball is thoroughly wet when you plant it in the yeah. hole. Right, when before you plant it. Yeah. 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 Don't wait until you plant it and then water it, too. That's right. Well, and sauce is consistent with that. They, they remind all gardeners and homeowners to uh, review, review the, the water restrictions on and then... Uh, make their decisions about new plantings uh, within the within the realm of what what they can take care of uh, reasonably take care of uh, 
until the rains start again or until the restrictions are gone. So you you just want to, again, it's just another one of those uh, assessments yeah. and decision-making process. And there's most of us have enough plants to um, that we have to take care of. Yeah. Any, anyway, so we can concentrate on a, a lot of them. Or uh, if we've got, uh, well, just like you can say, shift your your plan. We talked about the plan with the tr- um, sidewalk, the little, little piece, the pieces of yeah. rock. That, that stepping could be, stones. Yeah, stepping stones. <clears throat> you could go move that part of your plan ahead and then uh, wait to plant your trees for Maybe until we hit the, this rain. Milton says it's going to rain soon, isn't it? Or, or I guess it's your your uh, plants. Sinisa. Yeah, the Sinisa. It already rained. It rained last night. Yeah. Oh. You have the Sinisa break. Some places it did. Yeah, you're easier on the meteorologist than you are on the poor Sinisa. Well, <laughs> they can be wrong sometimes. Big enough. <laughs> and so, yeah, Wednesday is the first chance at 20%. But Saturday, 40%. I thought it was 60. No, it was 60 <laughs> Friday. Shifts. Oh, okay. It shifts. Yeah, it does shift. The, uh, talking about uh, stepping stones. Mm-hmm. You know, a stepping stones, when you put them around plants and things, are mulch. You know, we think of bark and oh, yeah, like that's that as mulch. But uh, when you lift up a stepping stone... What's under there? Worms, moisture, and okay. worms. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I always think of Hayden Haby up in Rock Springs. He used to be a good gardener up there, and uh, they appropriately named Rock Springs. Rock Springs. Well, there's some I rocks. I mean, they got lots of rocks. Okay. And uh, <laughs> for the first time I visited Hay- Hayden's. Uh, uh, he's a gold expert, one of the foremost gold experts in the in the U.S. and Australia. Hmm. Uh, they had a big ranch in Australia. Oh, but okay. anyway, uh, first time I visited his garden, I looked up there and I said, he said he was proud of his garden. And his, I said, uh, hey, that's... That looks good. I uh, said, so are you going to try to remove some of the rocks? Huh. I mean, it was solid rocks, mm-hmm. big rocks. And uh, he said, I've already removed the rocks. They come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he said, he said, they're my mulch. Oh, okay. Uh, and if you think about it, it is moist under a rock. And mm-hmm. that's that's where the earthworms are. Too. Yeah, that's when you pull those stepping stones up. You're going to see yeah. some worms and some bugs. So you might, might want to mulch with the uh, stepping stones. They're really those rocks are really hard to rake though and to, to hoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a little different than a lot of mulch that we're used to. Yeah, yeah. But what a, speaking uh, of mulch, yeah, let's talk about mulch a little bit. What do we What do we got here for choices? We haven't talked about mulch. We've got uh, functional. We've got black velvet. We've got a dyed red. We've got cypress. We have cedar. 
We have hardwood. And I'm missing one. Pine. So are there different mulches for different uses? In, in generally, all accomplish the same thing, uh, but they all aesthetically look different. So I, I would go by aesthetics of which one okay. looks best to you. Yes, there are some functionality differences, uh, probably insignificant, like pine decomposes quicker. Uh, so that's actually probably better for the plants in the long run. Hardwood decomposes slower, which if there's no plants around, that makes more sense. Uh, if it's just for decoration, bark chips and that kind of stuff are not super do we, do we have any ce- Is this cedar one of them? We have cedar, but the oil's been extracted, so mm. it's not going to do much for insect uh, deterrence. Cypress, uh, you see a lot of cypress used on playgrounds. It's very strippy and less likely to uh, float away. Yeah. I, would just have, I was thinking of... Uh, uh, house when I moved into it a number of years ago and over on the west side of Bear County and and it was on a slope and I had these complex paths and uh, was using all different kinds of mulch to test it and everything I had a few big big rains and uh, and there was a new it was a new housing area so when the rains got finished, everybody went outside, and all of our mulch and path materials were piled up <laughs> at the end of the little slope, you know, there. <laughs> so that was, that, that was bad enough, so we moved them all. Everybody moved everything back. And, of course, there it rained again and did the exact <laughs> same thing You're before. You're traveling, traveling mulch. Yeah, before it uh, settled down, yeah. Yeah, like I kind of taught me a little bit of a lesson that you... You, you kind of want to have a natural, uh, reasonable path yeah. for a flow of water and mul- and uh, placement of mulch. Yep. So. Uh, but what about, um, is all that in sacks? Oh, yes. <laughs> we, we don't do any bulk materials. It's kind of neat uh, using a couple of different... I don't usually like it when they got eight different kinds of, on one, but a, a two or three different kinds of mulch can can be pretty attractive. Well, and then then just like you mentioned, some each each of the mulches have a, a little different function capability, so you can you, you use some in areas where you want it deeper and and you want it de decompose faster, and then and then use some of the others in the other situation. Rock. A lot of people, some people use, like Jerry mentioned, the rock. That's mm-hmm. that's a kind of a can be attractive if it's not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when it's overwhelming, but I I like those kind of stream bed mm-hmm. um, mulch yeah. areas. They, uh, <laughs> you know, they used to brand xeriscape gardening as uh, rocks and cactus, and. Uh, I, I we used to think well uh, that's not as good as plants and ground cover, but then I went to El Paso. Have you ever been to El Paso? Mm-hmm. See their lawns out there. Their lawns are different colored rocks, hmm. and they they're really uh, they're interesting what they've done with them. I mean they layer different colors. Like in the front yard and stuff. 
I don't know how they keep from getting them all mixed and everything. It's really hard to mow them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they where we have, should have, 25, 30 inches of rain, they've got 15 to 20 inches, maybe. But uh, so they've gone to using rocks. And they're growing... Uh, Growing their plants, the flowering plants and stuff, in in uh, pots. Well, which is not a bad deal here. Rather no, than yeah. For a lot of, a lot of the things we grow. To I, I don't think. I don't think my wife's going to go for a rock rock yard. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She'd think we were in Vegas, and she'd, she'd double down. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> But is it, that a joke? It, it was intended to be yeah. one. Okay. I'm not sure how funny it was. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> But uh, at this time of year, just just from out here, there's a guy buying a beautiful blooming bougainvillea yeah. out there, and he's gonna take that home, I guarantee, and and either pot it up or keep it watered in the pot it's in there. Um, so you can get some of the patio patio pots, which. I think our pots are still on sale. We still right? have that uh, one on sale. Yeah. <coughs> and so <laughs> you can get some potting mix, a couple of pot, uh, bags of potting mix. And uh, I, I guess you want to fertilize them uh, to keep them really going all the way to cold of winter. But uh, you, you can choose from the zinnias and marigolds, celosia, uh, firebush, and croton. Croton, yeah. I, you always you always have crotons out here, and those are those colorful, uh, colorful plants, colorful I foliage. I don't have many, but uh, the, not. <coughs> Not this time coming out of Florida, but the next time coming out of Florida, we'll have a, a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, and they're great around pumpkins. That's the plan. <laughs> and uh, and they last. I mean, they're, it's probably pretty hard to kill a cold cloak, croton, except uh, for cold, cold weather. Cold will do it. But... Uh, as far as watering and fertilizing and things like that, I, I don't think you once you get it in a container uh, with a good potting mix, I don't think you have to worry about fertilization and watering that much. Now, like I said, when I went to Panama, they use those things as hedges down mm -hmm. there. Costa Rica, the guys would be out with uh, machetes. Yeah. Instead of, oh, instead wow. of, uh, we use those fancy trimmers. They'd just be swinging a machete around, squaring them up. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know how how uh, to determine what kind of uh, what kind of uh, help you have, or the height of your help. <laughs> uh, the height of your shrub, and I guess how many band aids they have on body yeah. parts. <laughs> well. When they're swinging that machete, they swing it at, at uh, their about waist high or a little bit Chest high. high yeah. And so, <laughs> the shorter the shorter the pruner is, the shorter your croton's going to be. 
But uh, those things are beautiful. There's something going through Trace's mind. I'm not uh, sure. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not a good. It's not a good joke. Okay. <laughs> what uh, What about the um, uh, citrus? Are we got? Uh, we still have an order pending, but we have a decent representation, just minus the satsumas. So we got so we got lemons and limes are kind of the featured, right? And lots of different oranges. I think I saw some tangerines. Um, Have you got navel oranges? Pretty sure. Oh wow! Grapefruit. Um, pretty sure. Yeah, uh, you know, navel orange is damn near as hardy as uh, satsumas, huh? And really a great. I mean, navel oranges are good. And, Can you uh, do those in a container? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Mr. Ernest Mortensen that got me introduced to Satsumas uh, said that uh, they're they're just about navel oranges are just about as cold hardy as uh, Satsumas are. Of course, none none of them would take <laughs> what we had the last <coughs> couple of winters. But I, I think I would, I'd be inclined to plant uh, the lemons and limes in containers, but I'd be inclined to plant the rest maybe in the in the, in the ground s- squares in the garden. Yeah, you are a brave soul. Hmm? No, <laughs> you are a brave soul. <laughs> you don't. You you think that uh, oh, the cold? Yeah, in my mind, it's not a matter of when. Uh, if it's a matter of mm-hmm. when. Are we going to get cold enough? Even the uh, ones in containers are pretty tough sometimes to protect from cold. Oh, yeah. But we're going to get them on the, uh, put them on the lawnmower bed. And there you go. And uh, roll them in. Yep, roll them in. <laughs> uh, but once you get a navel orange, you got something good to eat. I think I convinced my wife to relocate all the plumeria to the one spot and then put up our little pop-up greenhouse over them instead of trying to squeeze them in the doors after the fire. Oh, that's smart. (laughs) Yeah, we had uh, at least one master gardener that had a really big planting of of, uh, cold-sensitive plants, and he he, he just quit uh, worried about trying to cover them. He just, every fall, he just put his uh, structures mm-hmm. right over the top of him and it worked really yeah it I think to it was really well. Blanco, wasn't he yeah that was amazing <laughs> Milton some of these plumerias won't make it through the door I guess that's why she's I told her oh, she either, they're that big. either had to do it that way yeah. or, or she had to make cuttings oh and she, she probably didn't uh, want to make cuttings she wasn't cutting. about to do that yeah yeah I've seen people in neighborhoods yeah that, that get like refrigerator boxes and we'll cover trees and stuff, or some big, big boxes, big cardboard, you know. Yeah. Temporarily, or yeah, don't no, when yeah when it gets cold. Yeah, well you can't. Yeah, you, you couldn't leave them on there forever. No, no, obviously, but I mean that's yeah. pretty lightweight if it works. Well, no, I, I understand. Milton tried to uh, do it in the back seat of his car, but that didn't work. No, <laughs> it kept him warm, but out of the cold. But you know, they, well. You know, tough when the gas prices went up. No, uh, after Calvin sprayed my car with malathion, <laughs> I didn't have any insect problems for a while. Well, better malathion than northing. There you mm. go. <laughs> the uh, well, y'all, you people uh, forget uh-huh. that our weather people have said 
the last couple of freezes we had, hard freezes were hard, were 100-year freezes. And we've had about four of those since I've been in San Antonio, five, five, maybe five. So we should be good for another 500 years hmm. before we'll have another hard freeze like that. I don't know that it works that way. Oh, yeah. No, it does? Okay. When the weather people say it's a 100-year freeze. You just keep adding it up if yeah, there's another one? Okay. absolutely. That's in the same league with the 20% uh, I think no. so, yeah. <laughs> if you get enough 20%s together, if, if you get uh, 10 of them together 10 days in a row, you're going to get two rains. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that citrus is so special. I, I think, well, I was out, we were out here... Uh, on the porch after, uh, I don't think we were on the porch, but anyway, after the hard, last hard freeze, mm-hmm. and there weren't many customers out here, but most of them were buying citrus. Yeah, they were replacing. Yeah. People love citrus. Yeah. Me and included. <laughs> how many varieties are on their own rootstock now? Are there many or any? Probably not many. I don't, can't think of any. There might be a few lemons and limes that are on their own okay. stock, but that's not really saying much. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they we 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 encouraged them to do that uh, in case they freeze down. Right. And uh, we had had a lot of, uh, of producers did do that, but it's slower to produce a tree. Oh. Than grafting fruit. Okay. Or slower to produce fruit. Yeah. Oh, it's lower to produce fruit, right? Oh. So if it's grown from the seed, it's it takes uh, it's got to go through a it's got to think it's old enough. Hmm. Whereas when they take the the uh, graft, they take a piece that already thinks it's old enough. Okay, and then <coughs> all right, let's take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven more of Millburgers gardening south texas coming up live from Millburgers landscaping and nursery at 1604 and Boverde road on 930 a.m the answer South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. Uh, and we were just talking about all the things that are coming up at Millburgers. You can go to millburgernursery.com to find out all about them. That's millburgernursery.com. And that's the place to go to to find out, you know, what's on special, what's coming up, all the good stuff, millburgernursery.com. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. What yeah. else is going on? Oh, you were going to finish your thing yesterday. Maybe I shouldn't remind him of what he was going to finish. Do you remember what he was going to? No. Oh, we had a teaser. You Migrating were... squirrels. Yes, the squirrel uh, <laughs> the squirrel thing. Is, and that, I... is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Found the the great squirrel migration or 
33. Stampede of something. Yeah. 1933 or something. Yeah. Uh, we were, uh, Mark Peterson was here, and I. he got in, in, interested in my write-up, which I found when I was looking for the information on uh, the Buck Backs Blaster. Mm-hmm. They had several articles on there. And so um, uh, I got that. I find that squirrel thing interesting, mainly yeah. what because. What was it called? Do you remember? A squirrel uh, stampede. Migration or stampede or. <laughs> the Great uh, Squirrel Stampede of 1822. That's it, 1823. Ah, it's on the internet. You can look it up. <laughs> I'm but, very interested because uh, I don't. I, there's squirrels, but I don't see a lot of them. Now, well, last year was the 200th anniversary of the Great Squirrel Stampede. Let's see where it was. Uh, <laughs> do you remember where it was? It wasn't here. No, I think it's up north. But uh, and they have northeast. Bunch, they have a bunch of ground squirrels up north. Yeah, In Hamilton yeah. County. Don't worry about these are red squirrels. These are red squirrels too, and probably brown squirrels. Like uh, we we mainly have red squirrels oh, here. Maybe Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Could Hamilton be. County, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. But uh, oh, Bert's on the line. Got a hummingbird question for okay. us. Okay. We may never find out about the squirrel stampede. Uh-huh. Hey, Bert. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on nine thirty a.m. The answer. How you doing, man? Pretty good, thank you. And you all sound great. Uh, I never heard about a squirrel stampede before. As far as I knew, growing up in southeast Louisiana, they were just always little tree rats that we had to deal with. <laughs> well, it's on. It's online. If you, you, it doesn't take much for Google to find it for you, if you just yeah. type in. Well, no, I just I'd never heard about it till I heard y'all speak of it today. <laughs> uh, well, don't don't act like y'all didn't eat squirrels and oh, Louisiana. Oh, I don't man, think birds. That's what I was going to say. If you got a, where I lived at in Louisiana, uh, my squirrel solution problem was a single shot four ten, and I could shoot them out to about a hundred foot in the air with one shot. So there yeah, you we, go. Ate, we ate squirrel. Uh, How did you prepare your squirrel? Hi, <laughs> hey, about the hummingbirds. Uh, is it, are they in the migra- migratory stage right now? Or should I take my feeder down or keep it up till when, approximately? Well, we always recommend that they they stay up. As uh, a lot of folks, including me, keep them up all all winter because the rufous hummingbirds will quite often decide to stay. It's uh, neat, neat to really have them uh, on your patio. But uh, the migration has started. Yeah, black chins, mostly black chins. I haven't seen any of the uh, ruby-throated, and I haven't seen any rufous yet either. And with this weather the way it is, maybe things are going to be different than they have in past years. But there's been quite a few hummingbirds, uh, black chins this year, yeah. they, and the, the nest Nesting production seemed to be pretty high. So oh, great. It's so, right, inter- well, it's so, if it, it's if so it interesting high. that there's so many ruby throats east. Yeah. Uh, you just think they would come over this way a little. Well, well yeah, and the, the border, the division of where the, where the range is is so close, yeah. close to that they quite often we'll see. And... and Always, of course, the weather has effect. Some years, the weather means that we see them more often. Other years, we don't see them as often. But all right, 
No, I yeah, they're, I'll they're fun. I, and you say the Rufus one, he it, that's a, a it likes to stay here. It, it just not all of them, but some of them just like the area. Yeah, just they're they're pretty independent. They're little. They're tough little things. We always we always talk about. Um, a lot of us for a number of years have used those. Uh, uh, fire, fire bush, mm-hmm. and if you put oh, them on yes. the patio, they're really w- w- the favorite of uh, the migrating hummingbirds. And uh, that little Rufus one is quite often <laughs> the, the toughest one. Is able to, after a number of dog fights, is able to dominate the <laughs> the fire bush. Uh, sounds like they got the Napoleon complex. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Y'all have a beautiful week. Thank you much. Thank you, buddy. Uh, let, yeah, give us an, uh, let us know what you decide. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go get some what, fire. What it I'm turns gonna out. Get, I'm going to get that, what would you say, firebush or firebrush? Yeah, yeah. it's called firebush. Amelia Pattons. So. Okay, though. Thank you very much, and good day to y'all. Thank you, Bert. Okay. Thanks for calling. You take care. Bye, All Bert. right, that'll free up a line at 210-308. 8867-210-308-8867. I thought he was getting ready to claim they didn't eat squirrels in Louisiana. No. I think Bert's made that, that ain't clear. Gonna, that, that ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yes, if you're interested now in this, all you have to do is start Google off with the great squirrel, and you will get Stampede of 1822. <laughs> what what uh, I was interested in, uh, they said uh, squirrels can smell fear hickory. Oh, hickory trees. Okay, and the hickory used to be one of the major, major uh, tree species in the southeastern United States, and huge trees and uh, attractive trees. Too. Yeah, they're uh, tr- yeah very attractive trees. And good for uh, really sought after for that timber, hmm. but uh, all the hunters and my father, of course, like I said, the first hunt that a youngster grows goes to on in the southeastern United States is a squirrel hunt because it's a controlled. Hmm. You can control the surroundings and shooting and everything else, but. Uh, he always talked about the squirrels to be in hickory trees. Did you guys use twenty twos or four tens? Uh, both. Yeah. Depends on the kid. Oh. But uh, twenty two is rat shot. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just thinking, uh, gosh, but some be a real test with the yeah. twenty two rifle. But uh, the all the. Uh, when my, like I said, when my daddy was a youngster, that's all they did was squirrel hunt under hickory. Well, you know, we we were about uh, oak wilt around here, and I said, oak wilt is nothing compared to what happened to the hickories. And I mean, when that hickory blight came in, it killed them all. They used to be a major forest tree in the southeastern United mm-hmm. States, and it killed every one of them. Mm. And uh, so uh, when I was in undergraduate school, I decided, well, I'm going to go out and find one that escaped, that lived through it. And all I could find, I could find 
uh, stumps of hickories that were 36, 40 inches around, a huge thing. And they were sending up sprouts. Oh. Which would eventually die. Oh. So the only hickories left that survived the blight were the ones up north in a kind of an isolated situation. And uh, they took those, I think, to Japan and crossed them. So the only hickories that are available now are hybrids uh, from Japan, I think. Huh. But it was, it was devastating how many. Uh, that was a major forestry, and it took them out in several years. Amer- American elms. Yeah, yeah I remember American about had, that. Really had a tough time. Yeah. Still has a tough but time. But anyway, it, uh, thank goodness it doesn't take the oaks out that fast. The the oak wilt doesn't. But, but it's uh, driving it's, around, it's you didn't see oaks that had died that now that led, they didn't fare well last night. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the interesting thing that I found what read about in that squirrel thing was that the squirrels smell the hickories. The, they that's the reason that that they had a migration was because. <laughs> The, they had a bad nut crop at a certain certain part of the United States, and the squirrels were after the hickories. Yeah, oh. smelled smelled them, hmm. and actually started running or started traveling toward the hickories. So nature's strange mm-hmm. sometimes. All right, well we're going to begin to wrap up for today, but you know what? Go to MillburgerNursery.com to find out everything that you need to know about the nursery, including what's on sale, uh, and uh, find out about upcoming events. And you can tune in next Saturday. We're going to try to be back on the porch, and so that'll be good. And uh, we'll see you then. In the meantime, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas right here on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.